Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 16. The words will be on screen, or I invite you to open a pew Bible or a mobile device if you're watching from home to follow along. Exodus, chapter 16, verses 1 through 18. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sinai, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening, and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said, told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And that evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread The Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they had measured it by the omer, uh, the one who had gathered much did not have too much, and the one who had gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the children's book, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, there is food raining down from the sky. Now, uh, the town of Swallow Falls is far away on a remote island where the weather is different. There, uh, they have no farmers, they have no grocery stores. Instead, they have food collectors and garbage men, and the entire town's food supply comes from the sky. And every day, people follow the weather forecast carefully to see what's on the menu for today. 
eggs and bacon might fall in the morning, and then a, a pea soup fog rolls in for lunch with a, a side of a grilled cheese sandwich, and then hamburgers come in like cumulus clouds at dinner time. And sometimes there's even a jello sunset golden on the horizon. And everyone carries a plate or a bowl and uh, some silverware in their pocket to be ready for whatever falls from the sky. And everyone has enough. And maybe even they have a little container for leftovers for the evening snack. They depend on this daily weather for their food. Every need is provided and life is perfect until it isn't. Because the weather starts getting more extreme, they experience climate change and giant donuts crush down Main Street and pickle spears rain through the roofs and people start complaining and grumbling about all the food raining down. And so they build these boats of bread and uh, stuck together with peanut butter jelly and jelly and they sail off to the mainland. The people of Israel, on the other hand, have no choice. They are out in the desert and they have no choice but to depend on God. And despite all their grumbling, God meets them with grace. And it's only been a month or two since God freed them from slavery in Egypt. God spoke to Pharaoh through Moses and said, let my people go. And God rained down plagues on Egypt and God freed them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God saved them from Pharaoh's army and parted the waters of the Red Sea and they passed through on dry land. God provided water for them when they were thirsty. God led them to this oasis of 12 springs and 70 palm trees in Elim. But after only a few weeks of freedom, they have forgotten what God has done. And the Israelites grumble and complain, but not against God. They, they grumble and complain against their leaders, against Moses and Aaron. And they seem to forget how God saved them, how God gave them water now they want food, and even worse, they, they wish they were dead. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, they say. They wish God had not passed over them in the Passover. They would rather have died in Egypt than starved to death in the desert. They remember all that good food they sat around and ate in Egypt, a plenty of bread, the flesh pots of meat in Egypt, but they've forgotten one key detail. They were slaves. They were slaves. They, they were only fed by their Egyptian overlords because they needed to work hard. And one commentator says that the Israelites remembered that uh, what the Israelites remembered wasn't that Egypt was this house of slavery and death, as Scripture calls it. No, what they remembered was something more like an all-inclusive sandals resort. The, the waters of the Nile River, which ran red with the blood of their children, they remember as these sparkling, clear blue waters. And the, the, the food that they ate in their exhaustion and tears, they remember as this all-you-can-eat buffet. Now, on the other hand, their grumbling is understandable. They have come this far, and they do need food. It's, God has already met their need for safety, one of their basic needs. God has provided them with water. And you can only go two or three days without water in the desert before you die. But you can live a few weeks without food. Now they're hungry, though, and that unleavened bread that they packed in a hurry as they left Egypt is gone. Anything extra that they brought is eaten. And without food, how can they worship God at Mount Sinai as God promised to Moses? And we give the Israelites a hard time sometimes about their complaining, but really their complaining is all too human. 
It's all about those basic human needs that we have. They need water. They need food. They need safety. How can they survive in this desert? They're used to the the lush, green, abundant waters of the Nile Delta in the land of Goshen. They're used to living in a different climate. They're used to having all their needs met. It's all too human. And we're much like them. See, the Israelites want to go back to the old times. They want to go back to Egypt, to how it was there. They want the, everything where the land was perfect and good and, and wonderful for them. It's like people say sometimes, in my day, everything was better. Our kids respected their elders. People helped their neighbors. We went to church. We did our chores. We walked to school uphill both ways. And we never complained. The point is, I think, that times were better before. But were they really? Maybe those times were better for you, or or maybe they weren't. Maybe they were not so good for your neighbor, or for your neighbor's neighbor, or for someone who lives in a far-off place. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we are not all that different from the Israelites. Another commentator says that every church has a back-to-Egypt committee. A back-to-Egypt committee. It's that group of people who sit around with their coffee and grumble about how things aren't like they used to be. You know, you've heard them. They say things like, the organ used to play the good old hymns, and the preacher preached the word, and our church was growing, and we had so many programs, and we needed to make more room for Sunday school. You've heard them. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe you're a member of the back-to-Egypt committee. Maybe you've said some of those things. Now, I'm not saying that we should ignore or forget the good times in the past. No, we should remember them. But we need to be honest about the problems. And we need to look to where God is leading now and in the future. So we grumble sometimes, like the Israelites, but it doesn't end there. And this is not a a moralistic sermon about how you should stop grumbling and grumbling is bad and don't grumble like the Israelites, because that is not the main point of this story. God does not rebuke the Israelites for grumbling. If you read the story closely, that is not how it ends. Instead, God shows them grace. See, God hears the grumbling of the Israelites, just like he heard their groaning when they were slaves in Egypt. And God answers them again through the words of Moses and Aaron. And God says, I will rain down bread for you from heaven. And the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see if they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Now, God rains down bread from heaven, and that word rains is a double-edged sword because every other time God rains down something from heaven, it is an act of justice. They remember what God rained down on Egypt, the plagues of blood and frogs and locusts and other things. But this time, it is a rain of blessing, a shower of grace. And God provides them the food they need. He gives them two quarts of of manna per person, just enough to get them through the day. It is uh, what they need, not more, not less. They're going from Egypt's economy of scarcity to God's economy of abundance and sufficiency and grace. But that's not all they need. They need God's presence. 
See, we get a hint of it in Moses and Aaron's words to the people. Uh, They say, in the evening you will know that it is the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. The problem is forgetting. And the solution is to remember God's glory every day. Even, Even these Israelites who struggle with memory can know God's salvation. And verse 10 is the the key here, the center of the story. It says this, While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing to them in a cloud. And they turned away from Egypt and toward the desert, and there they saw God's glory. They were in God's presence, and God reveals his glory to them because what they need more than food and water is God's presence. They need to know that God is with them every day, every morning, every evening. They cannot forget it. They cannot escape it. God provides them food in form of this bread and meat, but even more, God provides presence As God said to Jacob and to Moses and to Abraham, I will be with you. And here God says to the whole Israelite community, I am with you. This is what one commentator calls incomprehensible grace. They did not deserve it. After their grumbling, they deserved to be rebuked by God. And after some people disobeyed God's commands and gathered more than they should have, They should have been punished, we think, but instead, God provides for them. God gives them what they ask for. Even those who hoard manna uh, get manna on the next day. Even those who try to get ahead by gathering on the Sabbath still get quail the the following day. They don't deserve it, but that is grace, my dear friends of Jesus Christ. Because after Jesus fed 5,000 people in the wilderness, the people had questions for him. They wondered, what are you doing? Give us a sign like that manna in the desert. It's as if they hadn't seen Jesus provide bread for them right then and there. And Jesus points to this story himself when he talks about it in in John 6 after he's fed them to explain who he is and what he's doing. In John uh, 6 32 it says this, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said to him, give us this bread. Always give us this bread. And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And that makes them grumble at him. Like the Israelites in the desert, they grumble. And Jesus continues a little further. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And he continues, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Just as whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me and I live because the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever eats this bread will live forever. When Jesus starts talking about bread and and blood, people get weirded out. They start leaving. His followers start abandoning him. Even some of his disciples might be leaving him. And Jesus asks them, are you guys going to go too? Are you going to abandon me too? And Peter answers, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And this is what happens when we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we say, give us this day our daily bread. And God meets us and provides for us just what we need, which is somehow enough and more than enough. It's God's economy of grace and abundance and sufficiency. See, that is how God works, and that's what happens when we come to the table. God meets us here, and God provides for us, not just bread and juice, but God provides for us his presence. God gives us this daily reminder of his presence that is with us so that God's presence keeps us going in the desert. It's God's provision that walks with us through the wilderness. God comes and calls us to remember and to celebrate the feast in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, you who call us to the table, You who give us your presence and provide for us bread and manna, we rest in your grace. For we know that we are the grumbling people. We are the people like the Israelites who grumble against you and against your leaders. We want to go back to the easy way, to the familiar way, and you call us out into the wilderness, into your way of grace, into your sufficiency, into depending on you for our every need. So we lay our trust in you and we, we hope and trust that you provide for us. As you have in the past, you so will do today and every day to come. Give us manna. Give us quail. Give us these daily reminders of your presence, of your glory that we may see and know that you are the Lord who has rescued us out of slavery and bondage to sin and into the glories of your kingdom. We come as your children to the table asking for your provision on this day. Through the blood of Jesus and his flesh and by the power of the Holy Spirit, your presence among us, we pray these things. Amen. Welcome 